Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Edit audio. At my day job, I had the same boss for 19 years. I know. But I stayed because he was awesome. He let me take time off to do my creative projects. And, you know, truth be told, he got me. Like, he really understood me. And also, he let me do all kinds of projects that folks in other departments probably thought I had absolutely zero business doing. Um, why is Tom's admin writing on our morning talk show? Is she qualified? Yeah, yeah, I was. It was the perfect setup for me. So, yeah, of course, I followed him to whatever new job he landed at. But then one day, he left the company. And then, worse, he decided to take time off. So now, beyond the fact that I was losing my good friend, and let's face it, a little bit of a security blanket, I'm not going to lie, for the first time in my work history, I had to figure out what my job would look like at the company where he stranded me. I mean, where I stayed after he left, whatever. How was I going to convince my new boss of all the things that I was good at? How was I going to get him to see me as anything other than Tom's, let's face it, overpriced assistant? Now, I knew with 100% certainty that I could step into a producer role. I also knew that my whole life I had been producing for creative projects on the side and stepping up whenever Tom needed me to. But whether or not my new boss was going to see me, like really see me, well, that was anybody's guess. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here, too. Hello. Today we chat, well, pivoting from one career path to another. Hello, everyone. Oh, we have a super fun episode for you today, and it is centered around looking for work. I know, womp womp. But listen, our guest Dylan, he is a smart cookie. He's a hustler in the workplace, he's dependable, he's reliable, and I don't know, I'm going to say it, he's a delight to be around. And yet, he is struggling to find work. Now, he spent the last bunch of years as a TV producer who's worked with more famous people than I can count after I've had a few cocktails. But recently, he started to wonder if maybe, you know, there isn't something out there that he might enjoy more. 
And now he's coming up against this age-old problem of trying to get employers to see the transferable skills on your resume when you are applying in a new field. It is not easy. We are going to get to it right now. My name is Dylan Cuvion. I am originally from South Louisiana. I lived in New York where I worked in television production for about seven years, and I'm now living in Los Angeles for about seven years working in production. And for our listeners, we'll have to say that Dylan talks faster than I do, which is I didn't think was possible. So this is going to be like, you're going to just have to really like get some caffeine for this episode and come with us. That's really all that's got to happen. You may need a dictionary too with some of the Southernisms. I know. (laughs) Oh, bless her heart. Um, But I want you to start with stating kind of your question of why why you wanted to be on well-adjusting. Sure. For me, I am in the middle of trying to transition careers, I think. I don't know. That's like the big perpetual question. And having uh, many years in television production experience as the pandemic and as layoffs have happened in our industry, I began to kind of wonder, okay, what can I do next? What skills are transferable? How does all of the years and all of the experience that I have equate into a role in a different position. And as I've begun to fill out application after application, after application, after Uh application, after application, I started to realize like, wait a second, am I only good at one thing? Am I really only good at television? And maybe that's the case. Maybe I need another job to find that out and realize that. But I'm also starting to struggle with how to explain to other employers, applicants, colleagues of how any skill set that you have and possess in one industry can be transferable to another. And that's a really hard thing to get people to understand if you haven't worked in this crazy television industry or the entertainment industry. Yeah. But I really feel like a lot of skills are transferable. And I've begun to struggle with how to explain that, but then also how to see that in myself and go, oh, wait, I've done massive television productions. I think I can coordinate a lunch school schedule. I think it just all boils down to (laughs) coordination, project management. I deal with egos. I can deal with four-year-olds, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at. And so that's why I was like, I got to realize how do I market myself better? And how do I begin to understand that, no, what you do possess inside of you and the experience and the skill sets you do have are in fact transferable. They can be beneficial to someplace else and someone else. Okay, so Dylan, if we were in the same room, I would look for some kind of an item that I would turn into an award and I would hand it to you for the best setup of any episode of Well Adjusting so far. Because you you laid out like four questions, you laid out sort of what the problems are and where you want to go. That's, I mean, to me, you're already in a fantastic starting place. I hope you see that. But I want to ask some questions just so we can, before we get into like maybe paths or just picking apart that, like let's go a little deeper in on what you did in television. And part of what was missing for me was what you want. So we're going to come back to that in a bit. But like first, let's just start with what you did or what you liked about it, that kind of thing. Yeah, for me, um, when I was in school, I studied journalism. And so I thought, oh, I want to be a news anchor. And then I did that at the local and collegiate level. And I realized, uh, this is not the face for TV, sweetheart. This is this is somebody who oh, likes to be- Oh, you stop it with your cute little <laughs> face. You stop Thanks. that. I knew that I had a unique skill set at making people look even better. And I don't mean physically. I mean to be able to help them storytell. Yeah. And that's what a producer does. It's help 
everything coordination, logistics, help storytelling, help craft a narrative, help uh, the anchor or the talent is about to run on set and they need a coffee. It's going to get that. I knew that I had a heart of a servant and I feel like in television, I was able to be creative. <laughs> I knew that I was able to be clear and concise, which you have to be, especially mm-hmm. when you're working in live. And I just knew it was such a fun environment or so I thought. Um, and I've kind of realized some other things after <laughs> <laughs> working there, but I knew once I got in, it was like a drug. It was addictive, the adrenaline, yeah. the opportunities, the um, the interactions. And I look, I'm very fortunate. I got to work at a very high level on some of the country and the world's best productions. And it was really, really fun. And I still believe that there's an essence in me that wants to do that. I think I just have to accept as a human, we evolve. And sometimes our needs and our priorities evolve. And maybe that's also meaning that, hey, you've been in this capacity as a producer at this level. Now it's still working in the industry, but maybe at a different level. Well, so the the question for me, the very first question, because I don't think you can build on where you're going until you know why you're going or what you want to, to go to. So my very first question is, are you leaving television or looking elsewhere one, because there's no work, or two, because you feel whole and complete and you're ready to move on from that industry, or both? To be, to be honest, Robin, I think a little bit of both. It has a reputation of being a very toxic environment, and I realize oh, yeah. at this point in my life, I am looking for some job stability. I'm looking for some financial security. And I know from my experience, I can't speak to others, but from my experience, the work is infrequent which means the pay is infrequent. And so at this point in my life, that is why I'm looking for other sources of income and opportunities outside. And for me, I think it's one of those things of you got to date around. You got to kiss a few frogs to find your prince. And so I do want to kind of enter into other workforces to see, am I going to die and crave missing the creative freelance entertainment world the second I get put behind a desk? Or am I going to go, thank (laughs) God five o'clock is here. I'm done. I'm not getting emails about how do we get Rihanna another outfit because she just burst at the seams. You know, like I want to figure out what that what that balance is. And who knows, maybe I'll leave and go, oh, I miss this. I can't do this at all. But it's one of those things for me and my personality type as a cancer that like, I don't know unless I try. And I have this weird superpower to think that I can do anything. I I know I can do anything. It's just a matter of being put in that environment and then understanding if I fail at it, okay, maybe I can't do anything, but I'm willing to try. That's good though. That's good because you're already in a better place than a lot of folks because you know Okay, it's not just I'm I'm miserable in a job, which is where many people are, but you're like I'm I'm interested in looking elsewhere to see if it sticks and you know about yourself that you need to try it on. So then my question to you next is what are you like what are you doing? Cuz you are a hustler. I I don't think anyone who's listened to 5 minutes of this episode isn't going to get that. So you're you're out there you're moving, you're doing stuff. But are you just panic applying for things? Are you being systematic? Like what's been your like the way you're looking at this, how are you approaching it? 
First of all, I feel like you've been looking at my browser history to see how many times I log on to Indeed and everything else every day. Um, It's funny you ask that, Robin. Hi, Indeed. It's me, Dylan, again. (laughs) Um, It's funny you ask that, Robin, because a friend told me something this past weekend that was like, maybe the right approach isn't applying to every job wanted and ad you see written on a window or a bathroom stall. Like, maybe you need to be more selective and targeted in what you're specifically going for. And that was a shift for me mentally and physically because that is not what I had been doing. For me, I was like reading a job description. Do I think I could do this with my eyes closed? Yes. Do I think what I would enjoy doing this? Probably not. Submit, apply. You know, and I was like, wait, hold <laughs> hold, hold on. Hold on, Dylan. Like you need to be a little bit more diligent and intentional about that. So that's a recent yeah. shift that I've made. But yes, I was. I was just I was kind of casting a wide net. Look, when finances are in shamble and you tie your self-worth to what you do rather than yep. your who, when you don't have that do, you start going, what is my worth? What, who am I? Why do I, I don't feel needed. I don't feel contributing. I need to, I need to be working. I need to be working. And in hindsight, I look at that and I go, okay, you need to be in an environment that's going to foster your abilities and help you learn, but also encourage you to shine. And so I've been a little bit more selective in what I've been applying for. I just recently, uh, this past week, went to a out mixer that was with a bunch of different industry uh, individuals. They had, you know, colored name tags. You wear this color if you're in this industry. And I'm like, what do you do if you're colorblind? Like you start like talking your job skill sets to somebody that can't even see. But see, um, if you had produced that event, you would have thought of that. You would this have thought is of that. why skills are transferable, people. Um, but for me, it was interesting. It was like a social experiment because it was it was me rather than sitting behind a computer and typing and trying to explain how my skills are transferable. It was me being able to put it into practice and say, yeah. oh, what do you do? And then pick up on their keywords and kind of, you know, regurgitate back to them, you know, how I think I know what I could offer or something like that. You know, what's so interesting is like you're touching on on something like kind of naturally that's one of my my favorite things when talking about like job is like what's your narrative and practicing how you sell your narrative to other people. Like I was admin for 20 years, but I, I feel like I'm a producer and a creator at heart. That became my narrative. So when I talk to people, I speak to this place of, of like, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And then I look for things that they say, and then I bring that from my narrative to them as we're talking. And so like, you're touching on that and, and it sounds like you're, you're getting there. Like, I wonder, have you ever thought of doing like a Dylan one sheet, you know, all of your accomplishments, all of your, um, all of the things that you want to do, like what the ideal job is. Have you done any just kind of like just writing down where you see yourself, like what the job might look at? And I don't think that's a one day thing that's like over time as you start to finesse it. Have you done anything like that? I haven't. No, I think I, um, let's break that down. Definitely not in the accomplishments because that's not like, that's just not who I am. Like I hate doing that about myself. needs to be part of your narrative though. Yes. You, You need to. Because yes. you have accomplishments that you need to be able to to spit out because that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Hearing you say that hits hits and lands in a very good place. So that's not something I've done. And that is something I need to improve and be better at. And then uh, job-wise, recently, yes, I have started to kind of put that down. Again, I, 
I'm trying to not react immediately out of the immediate concerns of my situation, needing employment, needing a financial source of income, and still thinking much bigger picture uh, rather than just going, I, I just need any desk job that will give me you know, a, a check to have a source of income. So I struggle, I, as I've noticed in my writing, as I've started to put like, wants to be ahead of a studio. And then I, as I start getting down the page, I start seeing smaller things that start saying like, um, willing to make copies, you know, which that's, that's in my <laughs> DNA. That's who I am as an individual. But I, I, I don't want to diminish my dreams based off of my current situation. And so I need to be better at refocusing that. I don't want you to say I should or be better about because I think you're doing a great job. So I'm just saying go go gently with yourself. But you know, the other thing is I I think that I think that fear is a little bit in the driver's seat right now. You know, which I get. Like when when money's not coming in, that's scary as shit. So I get that. But I think that when we're operating from fear, that's when you start panicking and you're like, I'll take I'll, I'll take anything. You know, so I I wonder if that's something to address a little bit. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right on it. I don't I don't know necessarily how to address that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't be fear forward. I know that. And I need and I want to look at there. See, it's you're already working on me, Robin. I almost said I need to be better. What I'm going to say is I will be better, and I want to be a little less fear driven and more intentional about again and making those long term decisions and aspirational decisions rather than just trying to, you know, put a band aid on a gunshot wound. You know, it's like I I, I want to yeah. be able to think long term rather than react immediately. Dylan, I wanted to know if you had a memory or a job that you had where you were like, oh, I feel like really happy doing this. Like, is there an example that you can go back to and and remember that feeling? There is, but I will be fully transparent with you and tell you that I probably didn't feel it while in it. Interesting. It wasn't until years later. Um, sometimes in a position of, oh, I'm not working. Man, it'd be nice if I could have a job like that. I got to work on uh, Steve Harvey's show when he moves uh, out to Los Angeles, and that was just a really fun time. It was an opportunity for me to get to reconnect with a bunch of colleagues that I had worked at years before in New York, um, and it was kind of getting the gang back together. And then the original job that I had worked with a lot of those people with was in New York at VH1, where we produced the most ridiculous television show that's ever been known <laughs> to man. And it was just a really cool collaborative environment where we just got to try and do a bunch of things. And and when I go back and I look, I'm like, we did a lot of things that were ahead of its time because I see a lot of different shows stealing ideas from that. And then I go, Dylan, don't kid yourself. They're not stealing from us. No one watched us. It's just, we tried a <laughs> bunch of things before, before all these other shows did probably because we had that permission to do whatever, because no one was watching. When I moved from New York out to Los Angeles, I worked on a talk show with uh, Tyra Banks, Chrissy Teigen, and it was really cool to be transformational in people's lives, to really kind of work with celebrities whose careers were just starting, and really they became friends of the show. And so getting to see them really thrive and excel has been a really cool opportunity there's also things that I've done in certain jobs where I'm like, this one experience 
was incredible. I got to produce concerts when I was at VH1, and that was an experience like no other. It was really cool opportunity to get to work on the skill sets of production, but in a completely different capacity about working with music and truly being a source of entertainment as opposed to working in daytime talk where oftentimes it's informational and there needs to be key takeaway. And so sure you get to have the fun, but then there had to be kind of a nugget of wisdom or a nugget of promotion in there. And working in concert production was just, it was a vibe as the kids say. (laughs) And being around other like-minded creative individuals, I think at this point in my life, is a big desire for me. I want to be around other people who I can learn from. I've kind of reached a point in my career where I'm not a know-it-all, but I'm not learning anything new. I'm constantly adapting and employing new skills, but I'm not learning anything new. And so that has kind of served as a trigger or a push as to my line of thinking of, is it time to take my talents to a different job field where I can learn something new? You are, as you speak, you're starting to define the things you want. You want to work with people that you like. I've heard you say multiple times that you want to do something creative. So you already have two things that you know you want. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I feel like you're in an unemployment soup. Like you're in a gumbo, girl. It's a gumbo. (laughs) It's not a soup. Let's come on. Southernisms. Yes, I am. And there is everything in it. You're in some gumbo and there's all kinds of shit floating around you. Probably some seafood that I don't like, but there's all kinds of things in there. I don't even know what it goes in a gumbo, but you're in there. But what what I mean by that, what I want to do is I want a strainer. I want to separate out some paths. Like I think one, there's some work to do on the fear, which like maybe maybe that means talking to somebody. Maybe that means journaling. Maybe that means um, maybe it means a rubber band that you snap when you're like, oh, I'm scared again. Like you know, just something to recognize when you're in that lane. Then there's another lane, which I think is dreaming. I want you to dream big. I don't want you to be talking about making copies. Like I've worked with you. You're spectacular and you are like dependable, reliable, and you're pleasant in an industry that's not pleasant and you're smart. So it's like, let's just, let's do a dreaming category of what you want. And then I think there's the the doing category. You're already doing all the jobs. You're, you're, you're checking off everything on Indeed that's known to man, probably things you shouldn't be, but you're, you're working on that. But then it's just like, project management, which you should fucking kill. So there's like, am I doing um, informational lunches once a week with people? 
to start to see like, oh, that's an interesting industry. I hadn't thought my skills would be transferable to that. Or am I reaching out to people and just doing informal talks and like separating each of these so that you can have some clarity? Because I could see a world where you have some bullshit job, right? Like I wouldn't give this advice to everybody because some people take a bullshit job and then they just get stuck in the golden handcuffs and then they can't get out. And then they're like, I make a lot of money and then it gets stuck. But I could see a world where you have a job that just helps reduce your fear and some money's coming in. And then you're journaling in the morning before you go to that bullshit job. And then you're, you're, you have the money to go to a life coach who's helping you do your plan of attack. But you know, there, there's a world where when you separate this out, it becomes more manageable. Like if you looked at what everything that needs to get done for a live show, a $2 million live show that's going to be up in two months, and you thought, I know all the things I need to do, you'd throw up. But what do you do? You break down the first thing you need to do, then the second thing you need to do, and you, and you break out a timeline. You need to be doing that for Dylan. You need to mm. produce Dylan right now. Mm. I, I said a lot. Mm. And let the church say amen. <laughs> let the gumbo speak. <laughs> Okay, I had a question just about the fear because it it sounds like there's this fear and we talked a bit about, you know, layoffs and money stuff, but I guess I'm wondering if you have like if that fear is substantiated in any way. Like have you been getting declines from job offers? Are you are you feeling like a lot of pressure from something and is that something internal or external? Uh, that's a great question. I think I don't think. I know it's both. Yes, I have gone several rounds of interviews with several companies, and they have all gone with an internal candidate. Um, and I have Ugh, sent... That, that always hurts. It does. And as I've grown and practiced some self-growth and talked to some friends and met strangers in HR who have kind of given some insight that says, look... The reason why typically they will hire internally is there's less of a learning curve and you can get a candidate at a lower rate. And so then I go, okay, great. It wasn't that I bombed the interview or I didn't have what it took to kind of cut it on the team. And so, yeah, Steph, there is a little bit of external forces that have just, you know, you hear no, 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 no. Um, And then there is a little bit of internal as well of going, I can control the variables that I know that I can, and there's certain variables that I know that I can't. And as a producer, we're used to having total control. And I have to learn to let that go a little bit and know what I can't control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're in a world now where you have to interview with seven or eight people for an entry-level job. It's like it used to be you met the boss and maybe one other person. And now it's like, you've got to meet the whole team and they all ask the same questions. And all it takes is one like bitchy ass coordinator to go back to their boss and be like, I just don't like its vibe. It's it's really difficult. And I think everything being online has, I, I feel like there's this feeling of when I click something online, I'm definitely being considered. And I just, I don't know how many resumes actually surface from online sources. I mean, don't get mad at me, Indeed, or Monster, or whoever else, but I don't know. I saw a statistic this past week, again, in trying to just learn how to cheat the algorithm and try to get the resume into the right individual that said less than 2% of jobs posted online to the public are actually considering hiring an outside candidate. And that was... That's a really, really good point. Your faces right now are... 
come on in, the water's fine. That's exactly how my heart felt. And then, yeah. and then that was the yeah. shift. It was like the universe was speaking to me because that's when the shift came. And a friend told me that weekend that was like, maybe, and he did not know the statistic at the time. And he was like, maybe just not apply to everything. So then I went, well, if I'm going to be putting the time and the efforts and the resources into applying to these jobs blindly and only 2%, that's not where I should be focusing my attention there. And then the other thing, Robin, that you just said that reminded me that I think it's a really great point and it's been an opportunity of growth for me is in the entertainment industry, this is kind of peeling back the curtain for those listeners who don't don't really know, and I think it's not necessarily a great thing about our industry, but most of the time in the entertainment industry, you don't get a job based off of an interview. Yeah, almost never. Right. You get a job based off of who you know. Now, sure, there may be a, hey, I got your resume from Robin, would love to hop on the phone. You hop on the phone, you hop on a Zoom, you chat for 10 minutes, and then you go, cool, I know Robin, she's bomb, I trust her word, sure, we'll hire you. And then if it doesn't work out, hey, I know maybe not take Robin's word as much anymore. For me, looking outside of the entertainment industry right now, It's the first time in my life that I've now had to start from scratch. I've built this wealth of network of knowing people that, hey, we've worked on this project. They're now on to something else. They go, hey, Dylan, are you available? This is me having to do exactly what you said for an entry-level position, go through eight rounds of interviews. And that's such a foreign concept to me. So when I go to the second round, I'm like, wait a second, what's the deal, people? I'm used to, I, like, I'm used to being like, hey, after the first convo, let's go, let's start. I could have started last week. And so understanding the, the culture shift in the hiring process for the corporate yeah. world has been very uh, frustrating for me, but I also know that I'm trying to enter into that world. And so I need to be a little bit more adaptive and receptive to that process. Well, you just, you said so many amazing things. And I think the way that the entertainment industry works, I think is how you need to approach outside of the entertainment industry, because I don't think it's an anomaly to TV that people hire who they know and who they like, or people like them. It's not a good thing, but that is what happens regularly. And so you're right. It's not a good ROI for you, not a good return of your investment, putting shit into Indeed. You're wasting valuable time where you could be going through your Rolodex of people and being like, hmm. Okay, so Robin was an assistant, and now she's like producing and has this totally other career. I'm going to reach out to Robin and I'm going to say, hey, I know it's been a long time since we talked, but, you know, could I take you out to coffee? You should be doing one or two of those a week at least and talking to people because a lot of things are going to happen in those conversations. But one thing is you're going to start to see things that they're doing that they like, and that's going to open up lanes of like, oh, I never thought that my skills would be transferable to that event planning. I could do that. Like, like, and you might see that in something that someone's doing. But the other thing that's going to happen is that I tell everyone, the last question that you ask anyone on an informational is always, after saying thank you, you are going to say, is there anyone else that you know of that you think I should talk to that would be good for me? And and you're going to just create a chain of people. And in doing that, like I said, it, it's like two completely different things are happening. You have more people to talk to and then more ideas of what would work. And the most incredible thing that happens is it will force you to craft your narrative. That's why I want you to do a one sheet with a brief statement of what you did, accomplishments, and what you're looking for, what you're interested in. I find that there's a really cool thing that happens when you do your own one sheet. Like I actually worked on one for myself yesterday. In doing it, 
as you start to write it, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, right. And that is a skill set I have. And being able to do that in an informational setting, really, there's no pressure. But you'll be able to do it really quickly and you'll start to learn how to talk about yourself in a way that's not gross, but to, to pump yourself up. A lot of good things come out of informationals. And also, like, you'd be surprised at how many times people are like, you know, uh, somebody was just reaching out to me and they were looking for, you know, someone who's kind of kind of like you. Let me put you in touch. Like, you'd mm-hmm. be surprised how often that happens. It's interesting because you're definitely, first of all, producing like a segment you're like create a one sheet and then make sure yeah. you end the the conversation with like a question like did I forget to ask you anything and is there anyone else that we should be in touch with but what I love is like Dylan like this is like reframing it instead of like taking it as yourself being interviewed and like you needing the the job and the help and the understanding it's like you're switching that and you're interviewing people to understand them and I think as someone who like doesn't necessarily love to like brag about myself and be interviewed. It is an easier way to get to those realizations about the things that you rock at. That's such a good perspective. When in a formal interview process, recruiters will always tell you, now you want to interview them as well to make sure it's a fit for you. So your your insight there is really, I think, nail on the head because you, you realize that, hey, you want to find out more information from them and to see how they can connect you and, and getting that narrative down. So both of that's really good insight. I, I just wrote that down. That's something I can immediately put into practice. Hey, y'all, I have a question for you. Have you been listening to Well Adjusting and secretly or maybe not so secretly thinking, geez, I have a problem, and I bet Robin and producer Steph might actually be able to help me make some headway. Now, if that's the case, I have to tell you, this is your sign from the universe to reach out to us about being on Well Adjusting. I'm telling you, it is a sign. Get in touch. It's so simple. Just email us at hello at editodd.io, or you can hit me up on the socials. I'm at at RealRobHops on all the platforms. And I have to tell you, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. What is it that you are waiting for? Hit us up. Let's solve the world's problems. No, okay, that, that bar is way too high. Let's, let's just have some laughs and, and get into it. We're going to all feel better for doing so, I swear. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to add a homework section to the one sheet. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know you that well, but it sounds like maybe two things happening. Like one is, you know, you need to sort of like put a stake in the mud of the things that you are great at and remind yourself of them. But the other is like not being sure of which ones you're good at versus which ones you actually enjoy. That's interesting. Then there's like this opportunity to sort of define like, okay, if you know you like project management and you like um, 
working with celebrities, then you can like find a job that has those two things, right? Or if you know you like like working with kids and whatever, like then you can go and sort of seek out those things. Whereas if you are listing accomplishments, you might also end up in a job where yes, you know, you can see yourself doing a lot and growing and crossing a lot off of the accomplishment list, but maybe you'll end up still feeling a little unfulfilled. It's really interesting you say that stuff because Robin, when you when we first started talking, you had mentioned that you eventually want to get into the what do you want to do? And Steph, mm-hmm. hearing you say that, it's one of those things that I've had people ask me recently, former colleagues who know that I'm looking, who know that I'm, you know, thinking of trying to make a jump and they have said, well, what, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't, I, I don't know what I want to do. It's one of those things where it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, first of all, why do I need to grow up? And second yeah. of all, I don't know. <laughs> and do I, do I have to know? Because what I want to do when I grow up right now may not be what I want to do when I grow up a year from now. And so hearing you say that step is yeah. really interesting because I, I'm one of the most efficient individuals on a staff. And sometimes efficiency in terms of go, 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 get it done, get it done, get it done, isn't necessarily a joy factor. It's not something that it's like, oh, I enjoyed being so efficient at making sure that went off flawlessly. It's like, no, it was a job description and I had to do it and ensure that it needed to be done. So thanks for saying those things, Steph. And hearing, hearing you say those kind of sparked some other ideas that I think kind of are maybe some overall arching things that's like, yeah, exactly that pinpoint and and clarify and boil it down to what specifically is it that you want to do. It's good to hear your insight and your suggestions of like, no, 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 believe in yourself, write this stuff down. And hearing both of you say it, because you've said it at different times, like you clearly know how to produce and you know that you're good at it. It's time to produce. It's time to produce the next project. And the next project is you. As producers, we put ourselves last. We worry about the show. We worry about everybody else. And so this is a good opportunity for me to go, wait, hold on. Um, I I need hair. I need makeup. <laughs> and I need motivation. Um, but yes, time to time to produce produce the hell out of out of myself because I know I'm great at doing it for others and with others. So it's time to just give it a little self-love and reframing. Ultimately, I just want to say thank you for coming on while adjusting and sharing your story because I have to say, I'm sure tons and tons of people are where you are trying to figure out what their next move is especially in a in a really weird economy right now so i'm i'm so glad that you that you came on and let us kind of pick this apart and get in there Dylan you're just a joy your energy is lovely Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Your insight is really valuable and if there's anybody that you think I should be connected to, I'd love to make a contact. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Julie Teague, an HR and recruiting leader. I've spent most of my career really helping to connect top performers to their dream jobs. And one of the things I know is that thinking about changing career paths can definitely be really scary. So here are some tips that I would give you if you're looking to pivot from one type of job to another. First, I would say, 
Know what you do uniquely and be able to craft a pitch to really highlight those skills in under 60 seconds. Second, I would say take time to really research the companies and roles that you are interested in pivoting to. Review and make sure that you understand the key skills and the core things that they are looking for and the competencies listed in their job descriptions. You then want to take that and you want to make sure that your resume reflects most of those relevant and transferable skills. Lastly, I would say be open. You need to understand that there might be a possibility that to really pivot to a new career field, you will need to take a lower title or a slightly different compensation model than you're used to. So be reasonable and understanding to this. The more openness and receptivity you are to those things, the better you'll shine in the process. Here are some of the best ways that you can really also sell yourself when you're trying to break into a new field. I would say it's super important to make sure that you really give tangible examples of your past successes and achievements to a recruiter. Honestly, your demonstrated record of success in the past, regardless of the field or the role, is really your best indicator for future success. Also, you always want to show a continued desire to learn ways that you're able to take on progressively larger projects, increase your scope. If you're able to demonstrate that you've done that in the past, a hiring manager is going to feel less risk to bring you on to a role where there might be a bit of a learning or skill gap. So next, here are some questions that you should really answer for yourself before making the decision to change a career path. The first I would say is what environment do you really thrive in? And where do you find that you're really able to show up as your best self? You want to ensure that you can really identify what that looks like for you. Is it a smaller company? Is it a startup? Do you like a lot of autonomy or do you really prefer working in large teams? A lot of these pieces about the environment and how you like to work and collaborate are equally important as describing your competencies. And I would also try to understand what are your superpowers? What are the things that you uniquely bring to a role? Understanding your personal brand and your passions will really help you decipher if putting in the work to change career paths will lead to a more successful you both in your personal and professional life. Lastly, I would say there's some core things that I always look for when I'm assessing a candidate, and that is work ethic, attitude, and again, your growth mindset. There are so many roles and skills that truly can be learned, but if you as a candidate don't really bring that level of passion and excitement and energy about who you are and what you bring to the table, you just really won't be successful in the recruiting process or when you're in the role. So I think you're demonstrating that work ethic, um, having that great can-do spirit and attitude, and really demonstrating the ways that you've been able to grow in your career are super important things um, that you can bring to any role and recruiting process, right? It doesn't have to be the current industry that you're in, but you can take all of those skills and pivot them really to any job interview or any career field. One last thought, folks. Any kind of big life change, you know, like switching career paths, it's going to be overwhelming. So I say try to separate things out. Just see what's what in there. Do you have some fear? Are you excited? Is there dread? Name the feeling head on. But then it's time to get to work. Set some goals. Write things down. 
talk to other people in order to check yourself. And most importantly, be gentle as you go. And remember, you know, you got this. You got this. I know it. A big thanks to Dylan for coming out today and sharing where he's at in this journey and also for his fast-talking, gumbo-loving, open self. And a special shout-out to Julie Teague for sharing all of her incredible HR wisdom. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it, but like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it.